Hello and welcome back to an all new installment of Super Metal Brothers right here in the old podcast. I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. As you can tell, we are fully excited to be here. Thank you for joining us, listeners. We've got a big show for you tonight. We've got the latest news. We've got the latest offering from a legion called Proponents of Senses. This is special, Dan, because it's the first fan request on the show. Yeah, we were quite surprised we had a fan. So to get him even to request an album, we're like... Why not? And it's a good album, I think, but we'll, we'll discuss more of that later on, man. Absolutely. And uh, we're also going to give you our thoughts and feelings on the latest award ceremony from Metal Hammer called The Golden Gods. And that's 2016 for you. Hey, Danny. Yeah, nice and relevant this year, which is always an important thing. You don't want to do award ceremonies from like the 80s because no one knows those bands anymore. And probably most of them aren't even alive anymore to care. So I'm glad we, we can stay fresh and current. And you can tell by Danny, he's saying a little bit more happy than the normal. And there's a special reason why Danny's a little bit happy to join us on the Super Metal Podcast. And why is that, Danny? Oh, I mean, I bought my underwear in the microwave and it's fantastic <laughs> apart from that microwave underwear which is a good trick for your kids at home we me and matthew super brothers were very fortunate enough to witness the one and only band known as symphony x this was an amazing performance from the lads you know the jersey boys self-aware jersey boys you jersey. Know, they know they come with all the uh, stereotypes and he brought the glasses and all that you know Russell but they also brought the shizzle manizzle they were so amazing hey danny oh it's amazing yeah Amazing is the word. I, I don't think there's enough words to describe how great they were. I mean, Russell Allen as a singer does not stop. He The first note to the last note of the night, he just hits with 110% ability, effort, gusto. He was amazing. But all of them, all, all musicians, they're just, they were fantastic on a night. And as soon as this was the last one, the last concert on their world tour, they didn't shy away from it, man. They just went balls to the wall with it. Yeah, if you guys want to know more about what we think about with Symphony X, make sure you check out last week's podcast when we talked about pretty much one of their best albums released called Iconoclast. Um, There's the second to last album they've released, but again, it's just such an amazing album. Go check it out, but let's go on to the news, Danny. We talked about this last week where Rob Zombie and John Carpenter had a bit of a fallout. Well, Rob Zombie didn't know about it, but John Carpenter was a little bit upset. to got a little disrespected, eh, Dan? Yeah, because uh, Rob Zombie, I guess, remade his own version of uh, Corpses. Uh, some, one Halloween, of, wasn't it? Maybe Halloween, so yeah. yeah. One, of, one of John Carpenter's like, classic uh, horror movies from the 80s. Rob Zombie did those twists on it, and like John Carpenter, from his side, was like, no, nah, no, nah, go for it, Rob, make it your own, great. And I guess he felt like Rob Zombie brushed him off saying that, no, nah, John Carpenter told me, like, no, nah, don't do it, you don't know what you're doing, or something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. basically a mix, and we thought this was going to get drawn out a little bit like a movie. We thought, art imitating life and life imitating art, but uh, it was all quashed with a phone call. As soon as Rob Zombie found out that John had a bit of troubles he apologized and john carpenter said uh, it's very good so unfortunately we couldn't bring uh, the uh, storyline we we're hoping with the uh, you know certain other people but uh, i guess you know all, all was forgiven yeah it's actually quite odd like it's actually adults acting like adults ones I- I'm, re- I'm really surprised the day and age we live in it's 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 just more brutal not to be that way you keep like making this thing blow and it's like oh the guy actually sent me like a mask and a knife in my mailman i think it's some sort of threat so we could actually create more of a story here but no these guys were the bigger man and they settled it out like, yeah it's, it's definitely not like when we're seeing with the metalheads with about politics there seems to be the politics between the people here is going well even the next uh we have to talk about the next article with the uh, sepultura ripping off corn now Last week, we were talking about that again, saying how, like, you know, Corn were felt they were ripped off. You know, the lead singer came out saying, yeah, Sepultura is basically took our producer and they sounded like our, like our riffs and stuff. And Eagle Cavalier, the drummer from Sepultura, believed that uh, they were true. You know, they they did take Corn uh, as an influence for their album roots. Yeah, so but the key word is influence. So that, that stops any legal proceedings from occurring. Otherwise, you say, no, we stole it. Hey, yeah. I want my money. Yeah, well, look, they also borrowed from Borrow. Deftones as well, you know. And this is the part of the game, you know, when something's hot, you kind of just go with it. They saw money in it and, uh, hey, 
we don't feel too bad. Like uh, Sidney Brel Dan, you know, stolen plenty off of uh, Russell Allen, and I've stolen everything off of the Nevermore discography. So get on the market. It's just it's the easiest and the most convenient way to be creative, and it's to steal. Yeah, and my jokes are heavily influenced on the Simpson jokes to the point where people might say I am copying Simpson jokes, but it doesn't matter. Unfortunately, we are the '90s generation, so all of our basic communication was through Simpsons jokes, and anyone older than us. I'm younger than us and older than us. Really can't get where we're coming from, but you know who cares about those people because they didn't watch The Simpsons. Cowabunga, dude. We're going to talk about some Australian news and a big, big uh, heads up for Hidden Intent. Not only are they supporting Queensryche, but they got announced as a partnership with Extreme Management Group. That just kind of happened. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you always good to see these local bands um, get a bit of recognition for their hard work, yeah. Well, we always, we always talk about it, and a lot of bands have talked about, you know, make sure you go see these guys when they're little because... When they, you know, you can't ask them for free tickets in like, you know, four years or, or 10 years when they're playing entertainment center. It'd be just rude. And, and like, oh, you know, I knew them when. Well, how about now? This is a good sign for you guys to, you know, know someone who's come coming and might potentially be the next big star. Yeah, that's great. And again, local bands, support them. Check them out. Listen to their YouTube, Facebook page, whatever you need to do, man. Just go see them. We talk a lot about respect here on the Super Metal Brothers, and it seems that uh, Slipknot having new respect for the Japanese crowd. We know Japanese for, you know, samurai swords, big alien marshmallow things that have sex with other alien marshmallow things, mm. and Godzilla. Or Godzilla. But what uh, they've realized is that between the songs, you know, Japanese fans are just as crazy and as brutal as any other fan in the world until in between the songs, Danny. Yeah, I guess they feel like they have to ride the motion with the bands. When the bands are going crazy and epic on stage, they need to do it. But when the crowd, the band stops for songs, the crowd feels like they need to stop. If you believe Corey Taylor, it's almost eerily quiet. The The fans literally just drop and with anticipation just hang off every word of the uh, musicians, which I guess is uh, would be kind of flattering, but also kind of daunting and maybe even a little bit uh, intimidating that, oh, did we do a good song? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of other one, like, you know, the old churchy people that like, you kind of follow and do what the Pope does. So maybe these guys think oh it's like a metal church we got to follow and do what our leader does or maybe they won't be really polite so when the music's playing they, they talk to each other because like oh i'm not talking over the music so it's not a big issue but when the music stops like, oh, i can't talk to you now because oh, we're gonna be quiet time yeah so may- maybe it's just i don't know it's weird it's a cultural thing it's quite nice but yeah it would be quite eerie yeah i'd imagine it's kind of like a samurai maybe they're just kind of waiting there and if they say something wrong they can like just kind of swipe in the shadows and be all like there you go that's how you get for not being metal enough or Maybe it's just an incomplete politeness that uh, in the West we just not, you know. If you want to see politeness, don't work in retail because <laughs> it's not there. Christmas is coming. Unfortunately, <laughs> it is. So, Dan, tell me, what animal, as a metalhead that you are, would you relate to most? Animal? Yeah. Oh, that's a, a good question. A bear, a sloth. Nah, sloth's a bit too slow. That's more like doom metal. Yeah. I can't say sloth. I like more like more power metal, maybe more something which is a bit heavier but also fast maybe like a tiger or a lion they're heavy and fast maybe yeah, yeah now nah, you're a shark and in oh, fact shark apparently all men herds are shark if you didn't notice this uh, discovery channel went out of their way to prove that metal resonates most with our uh i guess they're called uh amphibians or mammals uh I think they're called sea lions. Sea lions! Or sea tigers. Sea lions are real things. Sea tigers. So Daniel was half right being a tiger. He's a sea tiger. We all are sea tigers. Apparently, they subjected Discovery Channel, subjected a bunch of sharks to You Shook Me All Night Long and If You Want Blood, You Got It from ACDC. Now, these songs are around those 20 second cycles per second. And apparently, that just draws, this low pulsing sound just draws sharks to it. Yeah, sharks, like bikers you want to mate. It's the same type of like sound that that sound draws people to it. 
it. But yeah, it's apparently it calms them down and soothes the sharks. And I guess that's most of us who listen to metal. We we like when you're in one of those like pissed off moods, angry moods, you just crack on some metal, man, you feel great after. I'd imagine you know? a shark's a little bit like us in real life. You know, say a shark's going down the highway, the sea highway, and all of a sudden this like sea lion passes through or like this, you know, tiger shark passes through and it cuts it off. Oh, what are you doing, you jerk? Yeah. You know, oh, and it chucks on the stereo and it's like, oh, I feel much better now. Yeah, you know, there's actually really a bit of sweet moment with the shark. God gave the power for the shark to love the metal. But he didn't give the shark the neck, the headbang to the metal. Oh, that is a cruel joke, <laughs> That's God. That's a cruel joke. It reminds me of that Mitch Hepburn joke where, you know, Duck's favorite food is bread, but has got no means to get the bread. So. Uh, so maybe, like, the next evolution, like, of survival for sharks will be a neck. And then that way they'll, they'll be happier forever. That's right. But then it reminds me of that Futurama joke. We're like, is this guy a shark or what? Yes, <laughs> my liege. <laughs> uh, talking about uh, some funny news today, we got Cannibal Corpse. We know they were an Ace Ventura, but did you know this almost didn't happen, Danny? No, I was quite surprised to read about this, but continue, Matt. You know that's Paul Mazavarek. I'm not even going to pretend I got that right. He's a drummer from Cannibal Corpse, and he admitted that he couldn't actually, the band couldn't actually do the performance in the movie Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. They didn't have the time at the time, but Jim Carrey got his people to call them back and say, no, this needs to happen. When can you do it? That's amazing. For a, a movie to like change their schedule so that a band, which, you know, it's, it's not even like a popular band. Like if that was Madonna or Elton John, something massive, like, wow, yeah, we're going to need them in our, like, in our movie. But Cannibal Corpse, for, for, for that to work out, and that's, that's quite amazing, actually. Yeah. Well, it adds everything to the scene and, and, and by extension to the movie. Like, you, these guys put in there, and like Jim Carrey could just be in Jim Carrey, and it's a hilarious scene to see him headbanging through, uh, through the crowd. So I'm glad, I'm glad it happened, and I'm glad Jim Carrey stuck to his guns and stayed metal with it, because if we didn't, we wouldn't have a uh, segment to talk about in our show. Yeah, we wouldn't have developed the uh, Jim Carrey waltz, I guess you can call it, when a, a Cannibal Corpse plays. He has uh, a, his old like, dance moves he created in the movie. That's right. We need, we need Cannibal Corpse to come here more often so he can do the dance. Always again, have you seen Greg? Alrighty then. <laughs> Classic. Oh. Back onto another recurring theme now with Bon Jovi. You thought I was going to say Corey Taylor and you'd be wrong. Uh, bon Jovi came out and talked about Richie Sambora. He was telling the Minera that uh, everything was great with Richie Sambora. They came off a big break and uh, after they'd come back to work, he just stopped coming. Like Literally, Richie Sambora just decided that's it. He didn't tell anyone, he didn't do anything and uh, it's only been through social media that they've contacted each other again. Could you imagine that, Danny? Just not rocking up to your job? No explanation, just that's it. Yeah, the, the difference between me and Sambora is that he still gets royalties. So if, when he doesn't rock the job, he still gets a paycheck. <laughs> I, don't, I don't rock the job. I got to get in the line and settling. So it's, it's it's a little bit different between the two. Yeah, because uh, working in retail, I just love to go to the boss after a big shift and be and uh, no, just not come up. It's like see you tomorrow. Ha, that's what he thinks. And uh, and just sit at home and just see those pay packets coming through. That would be uh, that'd be something special, man. Christmas is coming. Oh my god, this is not helping. I'm not helping at all. <laughs> Now, Phil Anselmo from Pantera has regretted, obviously, his outburst of uh, racial slur that um, that was said at a gig uh, not too long ago. You know, he's, he's, he's affirmed that he won't get another apology from it at all. Now, um, that's would you say for Phil Anselmo this is okay? Like, there's only so much amount of forgiveness or guilt associated with this, or is it forever going to be tarnished? Where does it kind of stop with the metal community with uh, with these kind of things, Danny? Well, it's, I guess like one of those things in life, like how how much of an apology is too much of an apology? If, if he's come and apologized and he's sincere about it, that's great but proof in the point if he doesn't do it again if he does it again then you're like well you're 
don't, your apologies don't worth nothing. If yeah. he was an honest mistake and he's shown no other signs of being a racist guy, then yeah, oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it was an inside joke he was claiming. Uh, I guess inside jokes are kind of funny when uh, the one person knows about it and it's actually inside, but like a house maybe. Yeah, yeah. Inside, <laughs> a, inside a concert hall is. Uh, oh man, you may want to that Drake lands. Or <laughs> uh, just between all of us, like ten thousand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah don't <laughs> right? Okay, swears, bro. I guess uh, another funny story to mention is Smashing Pumpkins. Billy Corgan. Now we're talking wrestling here because we know we've got Johnny. He follows the site as well, and he wants to know about how metal and wrestling can get involved. Now you know Smashing Pumpkins, obviously Billy Corgan. You know, big rock in the nineties. So he's actually filing for a lawsuit against TNA. So I'm guessing TNA is making the same way as Chimera. There you go, classic. You saw the writing on the wall when every album had a turnover of um, uh, of members, and I think TNA is no different. TNA is the Chimera. It's like, dude. Just call it. And he's like, this thing is like, no, no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But I think now, I think TNA's days are numbered. If you rock stars are, are getting off the ship, then bad chance. Yeah, definitely. It's a shame, but we all like our wrestling. Unfortunately, having a monopoly on wrestling means that the quality is going down. Could you imagine if there was only one metal band? Could you imagine how, like, with no competition, no one else to do it, how stale and boring that would be? It'd pretty much be like... Mm. I don't know, like the latest Metallica offering, marshmallows, but uh, without without a fire. Just why would you have them? Yeah, like stale milk duds. They're just like nothing. You offer nothing new every single time I eat you. So um, we're going to move on to the next story with Monomath. Now, Monomath frontman Jonan Kegg has described his post-victory Viking feast. Now, that's what you want to know about when you got your favourite musicians. You want to know after they've done the rape and pillage of a certain minority group that uh, now doesn't exist anymore, what are you going to eat to celebrate? And Danny, what would you eat after a big session of Pirates of the Caribbean? Pirates of the Caribbean session? Oh, well, oh, you know, Vikings, Pirates, you know, it's the same thing, really. You know, just, thing. Mine's just a bit more colder because they're Vikings, they're a bit colder. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess the only thing I could ha- have back then is probably, ooh, I would say blueberries and strawberries with cream. That sounds very Viking to me, man. Nah, nah, no. that's, uh, that's, that's, that's only the second most brutal thing you could have. The first one is wild boar with high quality beer. Wild boar. Do they even have wild boar in those cold countries? I think they would have to have invented it. And then they'll have to eat it. I think wild boar is a type of berry, Matt. I think I think you're misinterpreting what he's saying. Here, oh, I think I think what he's saying is wild boar, the high quality beer. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, saying. actually, that's not even better. Oh, is that his beer? He's like playing his own beer. <laughs> try wild boar. If I was you. a Viking, yeah, <laughs> you try this, girls. We'll have sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a mighty beard and throw axes like I do. We'll finish it off now with, of course, the Satriani reflecting on Kurt Hammett. Now, Satriani remembers the young Kurt Hammett as a young kid full of. T- talent and enthusiasm Kurt Hammett would come up with uh, sort of like riff ideas and that kind of stuff from the Kill em All album for example and uh, you know bucking for his uh, tutor's appraisal and validation you know as, as we all do as young buckaroos what ends up happened to uh, Kurt Hammett Danny after those awesome lessons from Joe Satriani I don't know he wrote a couple of albums for this metal Ica band yeah but metal the most thing he's voice famous for is the guy who pioneered and innovated the Kirk Von Hammett's horror festival yeah did you know that even existed? Is that a thing, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's like a horror really? festival. People go there every year and they just watch people getting decapitated. I mean, like an Alice Cooper concert. Yeah, yeah. So it's Alice Cooper concert. But so, they yeah. good music because Alice Cooper at least has good music, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> burn. Oh. All right. Well, now we've gone from good music to the Golden Gods. Now, this is... What is the Golden Gods, Danny? Golden Gods is a yearly 
Metal Show, which has been created by Metal Hammer, which is a, I think, UK-based uh, heavy metal magazine, which, you know, he tries to influence and encourage and get people excited by heavy metal by once a month publishing their magazine and going online publishing more stuff. Yeah, once a much-anticipated release of uh, for the heavy metal community, now it's kind of almost gone to, like, the uh, Grammys, I would imagine, or what's the uh, the uh, the metal equivalent that no one really cares about? You know, with Simpsons, how he throws the... Um, yeah, that's the Grammys. Yeah, the Grammys, yeah, yeah, that's Grammys. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what's happened, and we're... We're here to tell you fans about the good, the bad, and the obviously placating to sponsors awards from the Golden Gods. Yeah, I mean, when you when you read the awards and even people nominated, you like seriously, come on, it, it has turned into like let's like Matt's suggesting, let's help the sponsors or let's just like like just the mainstream bands for no apparent reason. It's not that I'm even trying to be like metalheads. It's just like, ugh. But we're going to talk about the good, bad, and you know, placating in a sec. So let's talk good first because it wasn't all disaster or all you know giving handjobs and wristies to those those people who are throwing lots of money at you to uh, you know have big signs plastered all over your event. Yeah, you know, in order to have unbiased journalism. Yeah, you know, we know about that, right? Yeah, we're very unbiased. We just we just don't care about anyone. Yeah, drink wild boar beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so the best la- independent label so the first award the best independent label which we actually agree with was given to Prosthetic Records now this guy not only managed to have Lamb of God and Gojira before they went into the stratosphere but he managed to accept this award in blackface Danny that's the way of putting it this, this guy came out and I guess he's like the opposite to Ghost he's like all covered in black and he's all yeah. just weird man. he's so cool he's called himself CSR and in the, he's obviously I think from the states as well it came out as a, a satanic pope, yeah, basically like ghost, but yeah. inverted. Instead of going white face, he went black face. And to get away with it in such a racially sensitive community and uh, to pull out an award, ah, that's pretty metal, man. That's that's balls. And uh, we know about Judas Priest talking about balls. It's good for them to give a give a record out to, I guess, a deserving band. Award out to a deserving band. Man. Deserving label, Danny. Deserving label, even yeah. better. <laughs> but, uh, you know, getting on to, like, Got Lamb of God and Gojira was one thing. But how about giving a award to just someone who writes a lot of cool riffs? It's called the Riff Lord Award, and it was given to Phil Campbell from Motorhead. Dan, 30 years in the service, played in one, the most influential rock band of all time. Metal, rock, metal, uh, you know, obviously Iron Maiden, you know, Rainbow or Black Sabbath. No, they all come to mind. Yeah. But uh, definitely for rock, you know, hands down, iconic. Lots of cool things going on. Lots of different amalgamations of styles as well. And always memorable with their most charismatic leader being Lemmy at the time. Yeah, that's no, great. It, it is good for people who've been in the industry for so long who keep going. It's always about the music of these guys and they keep touring through our new music. And to be for the same band for that long of time and to keep right for that same band, it is it is good to see. And it's good to see someone get their just reward. So yeah, this is definitely a, an, hour, an award I can agree with completely. These first two have been like, yeah, totally agree with you. Golden Gods, you know, like don't know where all the slats coming from. And even the third one I wanted to address was the best international band. Now they have given it to Ghost and I have to agree. I didn't really fancy Ghost when I first saw because they were definitely unusual. They stood out from any band I've seen live. They came out with this whole church kind of vibe going where the guy would come out eventually with the swaying thing. Literally, it was like being at Bible camp, but, you know, in, in hell almost. It was just incredibly unreal. This is resonating with fans because no matter in the world, they're selling albums, Danny, and they're yeah. also getting a big turn to their concerts. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely true. I guess like we've mentioned like last week, yeah, a gimmick can go a long way if you do it correctly, and they're doing it well. I mean, again, I'm not the biggest fan of the music, but they're... they're doing well people come and see them they had to change their name because of um, you know, copyright things I think now technically they ghost AD because of it and it's good because the lead singer has that mystery about him but that's really cool because apparently him every time there's a new album he actually gets younger looking 
in age. That's like his whole gimmick. So that's ah. that's something as well to make it more intriguing for for the fans to keep coming back for more, keep wanting them to release a new album and tour again. So yeah, they put a good stage show on. Feeling a good note, one which is very very deserved is the I guess the main award. I guess you can call it not. I don't know. I wasn't there, so I'm just saying it's the main award. I guess it's like the best act award. Who knows? Best actress. Maybe. It's just a Golden God Award. And a Golden God Award this year was given to uh, ex-Slipknot's uh, Joey Jordison. Yeah, so how do you feel about that, Danny? Well, I guess it's it's one of those um, triumphant stories, the fact that the poor lad, he suffered from a very bad um, nerve damage condition where at, at one point he was unable to play the drums because of this nerve. I think it affected yeah. his legs or his arms yeah. or something. Couldn't couldn't hold his sticks or he's getting bad convuls- convulsing. So I'm not too sure exactly. But it was really forcing him to like give up the thing he loved, the thing he made him famous, the thing he kind of helped build with Slipknot. And then from that thing, he had to give away. And now he's actually coming back in a new band. He's playing the drums in his life. So it, it is a nice um, story and one of like the whole the true underdog story, the one where like, even though you've been hit by a brick wall, you can go forward and keep going. So look, I, I, I agree. It is quite a nice, it is quite a nice award to give to someone. Now I wanted to finish the you know, best of the good with a bit of a controversial one. Now this might seem weird that Metal Hammer's Golden Gods elected the Spirit of Lemmy Award to a member who not necessarily is in the metal community, but I actually will agree with this. And that is giving the award to Triple H. More wrestling stuff. Now, a lot of people will be like, well, hold on, how can you give it to someone who doesn't do metal and that? But what I will mm. argue is that he's an ambassador, not only for metal, but he's being metal into the mainstream. Now, a lot of metal fans are a bit apprehensive about metal being in the mainstream, but what it means for us fans is we get a lot more metal, we get more access to bands we like, we get more merchandise and that, so we get we get to celebrate it more and buy more cool stuff like that. It actually reinforces for us that uh, our music is actually, uh, it's actually good for one thing, but we can actually get to hear it more and there's nothing wrong with that really yeah definitely I would guess Lemmy was just one of those guys who went through life doing what he wanted to do not caring about anyone else and just enjoying himself and I guess the spirit of that Lemmy Award I guess it represents what Triple H did you know, he didn't care what people think about you know heavy metal music or incorporating into his um, shows when he came out with Motorhead on uh, one of the WrestleManias and That's they played right. together they walked out so I guess he, he was full into supporting them and even he's talked about with NXT he wants to have like a wrestling Yep, and crossover. heavy metal crossover. So yeah, this guy, he's really supportive of the genre. And that's why anyone who can get out there and support the genre is good to see. I mean, they do the same with, I mean, ironically, wrestling does the same as well with WWE when they induct people to Hall of Fame. They get like people who are sort of connected to wrestling, like Arnold Schwarzenegger inducted because he's so big into like pumping iron that they thought that's a good crossover as well. Yeah. Because the spirit of what they do is present in him. So same as this spirit of Lemmy's present Triple H so it's good this hasn't been incredibly funny so we need to bring it now to what we didn't like about the Golden Gloves what we had a problem with just the bad you know this is stuff that we could not see this actually guys and girls sitting in a room saying okay who do we believe in our hearts and minds is the best and not paying some sort of homage to a sponsor or a lucrative deal that ensures them free washing of their clothes for a month or whatever this has nothing to do with us not being invited this is really just us (laughs) buying the magazine reading out who is winning these awards and just getting mad. Okay, so best live band right at the top goes to Lamb of God. Now, we are not saying Lamb of God are a bad band to see live, and we are not saying they're even a bad band, right? They are an awesome band. However, I will have to contest that one member of the band is really cool to see live, which would be the lead singer, Randy Blythe, and the rest of the band give an enjoyable, if so, forgettable experience. Yeah, not def- not sound wise. I'm talking about aesthetically. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many other more bands which deserve it because of their stage. I mean, Ghost, for example. You have Baby Metal Go Crazy. 
even I made, I know they probably keep winning the award, but at least they do have a, a massive on-stage persona performance. We're talking yeah. about Amon and Amath last week bringing in a boat. You know, there was that, things like that with the creativity in this comes to it. But I can't imagine why they wouldn't have given it to Lamb of God, apart from maybe one sponsors or two, just making sure the metalheads keep them in eye, keep them in check because they are still relevant. They're still selling quite well, making worldwide. And what with what Brandy Blaston going through with, you know, the car accident and then the problems in Europe with his... Is, uh, with the person who fell off a stage, you know. So I guess there's homage for that, but I can't give him another award, yeah, surely. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if, if you're just saying Basin because he's a really energetic lead singer, then Dillage's escape plan will probably have to win it every year. So yeah. you can't even use that as a, as a defense. And that's their la- this is their last year as well. You know, they're, they're calling it a day. And they, their lead singer, I don't know if you've seen it, Danny, but there's a viral video of one of their last shows where the lead singer was on the second story of a, a console, jumps off into the crowd, and he's actually saying, if I'm going to die, it's going to be tonight. And he's like, why are you guys running away from me? No, move closer. So not the last things you want to hear from one of your favorite lead singers of all time. And you know, he jumps in and uh, they catch him. Thank God his heart. Oh, wow. yeah, he's still going. So this is like new Jeff from RCW, man. You know? I, don't, I don't think even Randy Bath wants to get off the first step, let alone. Um, no, nah, I know what happened in, in um, st- Europe. I think he's going to stay where he is, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Moving on to the best album. Now, you know, there's been a lot of cool albums that released. We've actually done quite a few of them this year that I would have strongly recommend, you know, Flesh God for one, that was a really good album. Yep. But we're going to talk about here the album they chose, Iron Maiden's Book of Souls. Danny, this wasn't even the best uh, album recommended from actual Iron Maiden fans themselves. Uh, this is just like ridiculous. And what I'm most funny about this is, is the best UK band is like not even them, it's Asking Alexandria. So, how can you say the best band in UK to release a song that year is not the best band in the UK at the moment? And considering they've, they, they've toured all last year, so you can't say they didn't tour. They have a great stage show. They have they sell tons of albums, and they got the best album. Yep, no, they don't. It's not the same. So no, with, I, with a few yeah. shuffling, they could have given this award to all three of them in different categories and not really upset the Super Metal Brothers. But having the best albums, Iron Maiden's Book of Souls. When most fans were complaining about it, where certain songs were way too long for Iron Maiden, they need they are the strongest and they write short songs. But the progressive feel in that just got lost. It wasn't, uh, you know, there's there's innovation, and then there's adding motor oil to your peanut butter sandwich. It doesn't. Mean it's going to be good yeah, it just right. means that you've done something different and uh, it didn't work you know and uh, the fans acknowledged it but to see Metal Hammer not acknowledge it is like well you know who do we, who do we go with now I think Metal Hammer just realised that Iron Maiden sells magazines and I I mean you look at the Metal Hammer magazine every, nearly every month they have like an Iron Maiden post or a little trinket in there so I think they just feel like okay, this is this is something for them to help help themselves yeah the best metal and then we'll talk about obviously the other one we were talking about before which was asking Alexandra as the best UK band hey I'm you know, it's like there's been obviously a lot of cool things with uh, this is the last tour for Black Sabbath. You know, they could have given it to that. That would have been really cool. You know, they're calling it up soon. Uh, we saw Rainbow Return. That could have been nice to maybe give it to that. Some of the, these local legends. Or um, it could have been given to another band maybe of of another state. Iron Maiden. Like, how it didn't go to Iron Maiden would have made even more sense because they are still flying high. I mean, they, they, they recognize the Book of Souls, but they their stage shows are just too good. Like, why? Mm. But this is all nothing compared to the very last one that the reason why we had to do the good, the bad, and the uh, they're not sponsors. And this this one has to go as a, as a I don't know what they were thinking list when they gave her the award out but the Dimebag Daryl Shredder Award this year goes to Lizzie Hale from Hailstrom mm. now we are going to probably get a bombard of messages saying oh you know rah 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 it's sexist or it's like you know you guys aren't talking but here's the thing about giving this award out right 
Shredder in the metal community means someone who is proficient on guitar, not just with songwriting, but can tear the crap out of the neck. Now, there are plenty of musicians out there, boy and girl, uh, male or female, who can do that. But to give it to Lizzie Hale smells of something else, Danny. Yeah, it smells of where Michael Bay keeps getting Megan Gale. No, no, sorry. Fox. Megan Fox to like always be in Transformer or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. It always gets her to be in his movies. There, there, there is a hidden intent there. Talking about hidden intent from straight Band, go support them. But as a hidden intent to get this girl <laughs> on stage. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, um, oh, you know, if we're obviously happy for her to get the award. Don't get me wrong. But to give it under such a, a prestigious title with Dimebag as well, who did both very, very well. You know, this is the thing. To see an award like Dimebag Shredder should go to someone who not can only just show their talents on writing a cool song, riff, or anything like, or, or even an album, but an Oscar can sh- show they're technically viable. Now, Lizzie Howe isn't known for that. You know, she's she's very hot, so she can stand on the stage, and maybe that's what she shreds at is being that. Um, and no disrespect to the lady, I'm sure. You know, they do write great songs. Yeah, she's good singing all that, and she she got not bad. Like, yeah, good songwriter. Yeah. but she's not. You're right. She's not a shredder. She's not a shredder. And this is not. And this is less about her and more about what it says about the Golden Gods. You know, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like let's just invent a title and give it to the hottest thing going around at the moment, whether it be hot, literally speaking, like looks, or hottest thing as in it's making the most money. And yeah. this really smells of a money grab from Golden Gods. This is a political stunt and less about talent. Yeah, but it's funny because in the same time you're saying you can see where they're coming from because in the metal community people are so quick to attack you and reject you if you don't agree with like the popular vote. So unfortunately, maybe these guys are just trying to be smart and just well, this. The only way we get people to support our awards or support us is by giving token awards out. Yeah, and this is something we might cover later on. This is a very touchy topic, and we're not saying anything about that just yet because we obviously saw what Banger TV did, the metal show, and that just destroyed their um, credibility when you know they had to delete the comment section. It's the only video when they decided to talk about you know women in the metal community and how we can further increase that. But you can do it organically by encouraging or you can do it um, contrive it and just force it upon people and put it in awards that just don't fit right um, again you know it's it's uh, it's a, a giving a, a giving Hailstrom an award would be great but um, yeah definitely definitely didn't work for me Danny that one no I agree that was it's really fresh I mean especially just coming back for seeing Symphony X and Michael Romeo and Matt being a massive Jess Loomis fan these guys don't even get looked at and you're like you just it, it is a crime that we are not acknowledging prolific songwriters who can deliver on both accounts, you know, and that's the shame I have for it. And they didn't have a gimmick going for him, you know, and that's Michael Ramier is known as a composer for a good reason. He does orchestrations. He does, uh, he writes for all different elements of the band, whether it be drums, keyboards. Yeah. Uh, he helps out Russell Allen with the singer. And this comes from the band, admitting it, and how yeah. these guys don't get acknowledgement for that. But, um, you know, and Hailstrom's songwriting is definitely not as deep and that not saying that it's bad or well but you need to put it where it's due and um it really puts a, a craw in our thing as we're hardcore old school metalheads when it comes to this kind of stuff give the give the recognition for the for the people who definitely look like they put the hours into what must be a tiring and frustrating process yeah i mean if, if that's uh, exactly right exactly right i think you've nailed it man yeah that's it that, that will probably push up into the good section because that definitely wasn't a bad let's finish it off though uh we've talked about the good we talked about the bad and this is definitely a nod to the sponsors award now how this was even incorporated this basically was giving awards out like this that completely undermines metal god's intentions of giving awards out to the most deserving people in the community acknowledging 
those who triumphed over tragedy and by loss of hours and sleep, you know, to perfect their art. And this is the best video game award. Is it even worth mentioning who wins this award, Danny? Yeah, I don't even know how it even relates to it. Like, they could say, like, best heavy metal soundtrack to a video game. Oh, at least you can tie it in. Or best heavy metal soundtrack to a movie. Yeah, yeah at least you're tying it in. But yeah. Killer best- Instinct comes to mind. Yeah. Doom comes to mind. See, but giving this award out, the best video games, it's basically like best restaurant or yeah. most enjoyable toilet break or yeah. best best sport in the world. It makes no difference inside of the community. I can't believe they are so just devoid of reason and understanding i just don't get it i just I, it's just uh, perplexing how this award show passes itself off as uh yeah as you know legit yeah it really <laughs> does make it sound less credible the more you read into it so um look apparently fallout 4 won it so congratulations to fallout 4 if you really care but again it, it's nothing to do with metal they have their own award show for for games so yeah so it, it was definitely uh some highlights there and we we want to give credit to the people who deserved it you know there's been some uh, amazing uh acknowledgement for for those who have uh who've earned the right to be on, on a big stage and share a celebration with that uh so uh yeah fallout 4 uh don't buy it <laughs> all right let's move on to our album review danny this is from a request from T-Rock. Now, we don't have your full name, sorry, but this one goes out to you. This one album's called The Allegion. Allegion? Uh, Allegion? Uh, yeah, Allegion. Kim Basinger? <laughs> Basinger? Yeah, this is called Proponents of Sentience. This album here is an interesting one for us, Danny, because here's the thing. I'll set it up for you guys. With anything I've reviewed on the show, either I know the band really well and enjoy it, or I've never heard of them, but they're selling quite well, so I bought it. This album is, I've actually checked these guys out before, own an album, and I didn't really get into it. So I am nervous as hell to be reviewing this album because I don't know if T Rock's going to enjoy this review, but. We have to go through it together, I guess, Danny. Oh, definitely. If a fan says do it, we, we do it, man. We will sell out to anyone with a smile. So let's talk a little bit about Allegion first. Allegion is an American death metal band from Fort Collins, Colorado, and it's found around 2008. Now, they have a technical melodic death metal sound. When they first started, people would say almost too technical, but now they've incorporated classical music, death metal, and everything in between, and they've put it all together to make not only just technically sound songs, but also memorable as well. So let's talk about it from the top, Danny. Let's talk the riffs of this album. Are these riffs uh, from the boys in the States memorable and technical or is it just a bit of noise? What do you think? Oh, I definitely agree it is technical. I didn't find too many like money riffs on the album. I guess like your money riffs always stick with you when you go to bed at night or when you're like in the shower. But they, they do have a lot of really good solid riffs. I really I really enjoyed um, yeah, I really enjoyed the guitar work and the drum work on this album. I thought it was great. The guitar work is overwhelmingly t- proficient. It is... They- it, you know, the one you get is a lot of uh, variations as well. So even when they're doing licks, you get them doing different styles. So they might be doing tapping or sweeping or, or you know, big chords or everything. Actually, even when they approach certain riffs that aren't metal, you know, like the classical section, even those techniques, how they go about playing them and intricating those certain ideas, there's a lot of thought gone into this. And you can tell this album was really thought out and a lot of like trouble solving, like pretty much like being at Microsoft every day. I'd imagine, you know. The amount of technicality goes into making one of these albums, I'd better off trying to make parts of a computer. And they, they do well. They even put a bit of a Spanish acoustic flamenco sound in there as well to give a bit of a contrast to their song. So, no, they, they, they were just really 
well, good songs, really strong melodies as well. Like in times where they weren't going blast out of the Pedro scales all the time, they would actually do some nice strong melodies. And yeah, they always touch on that good cop, bad cop thing, like Kill Switch and all the metalcore do, where the uh, the verses would be very hard hitting, you know, angry, dark, you know. But then the chorus would come along, and then they'd do some of these like soil work. Just think of the Predators Portrait album, where mm. they've got those big heavy melodic lines under open chords, just to kind of ring out the melody because the singer generally doesn't do it. So you know, it sticks with you that way, and it. Gives Gives you something to, to to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've got nice like grooves in the riffs as well, or sometimes they just get really thrashy with the riffs, so they they do break it up a bit with the contrast. Um, the solos, love the solos. Actually, is good contrast again. They they have a nice warm tone to guitar, so go from the really heavy and the really aggressive. Yeah, to make it quite nice. And, and they're not afraid to wear their uh, their influence on their sleeve. Like All Hail Science is definitely like the behemoth black metal song Dionysus. Like even the chorus, oh yeah. yeah. hail yeah, the just... prison one, oh hail Dionysus. <laughs> I, I automatically go to that because it's just it's just like stuck in my mind unfortunately even yeah. the intro like everything about this song and uh, it's one thing of the album which I really welcome is that most of the time this song actually sticks to a pretty heavy dark song sometimes later in the album I find that with the round track uh, I think like 8 and 9 I think they go to like a really heavy intro and stuff and they kind of rely on that that chorus thing which is happy and that but I almost get taken out I'm like nah that, that evilness that you set up at the start is really cool but and everything's so incredibly um, intricate and uh, well thought out that I generally don't get too upset with the uh, guitar playing because it's just mind-blowing even when Benjamin Ellis comes in for a solo on track 11 it's like yeah they they couldn't pick a bad person to play if they try it's not in their like vibe of their beings oh look at me have the name dropping man but uh we're gonna move on to vocals I think like we can just give these guys a tongue lashing all day so let's just move on to the vocals and uh this is definitely gonna be one that for me wasn't uh wasn't quite the listener I was gonna hope for Dan yeah look I I'm a bit different to me. I actually enjoyed the guy's vocals and his, his screaming I thought was quite good and even I, th- I thought a bit of growling I didn't mind either but mate you seem to be disagreeing with this. Oh his scream's great. No I really like his scream. Now there's one thing about his growl that you hear for most of the part which I think I'll touch on right at the very very end to go into more detail with it but it sounds like a concentrated effort to get everything right and to uh, have a voice where it transitions well live because I feel like he was just kind of sitting down with this and just kind of like reading this off a teleprompter to make make sure everything was perfect in that. I don't really get a sense of like, he's telling the person in the back row of an audience that, you know, you need to feel my frustration and anger. And sometimes it doesn't really carry the riffs along with it, but it definitely, he's he's tight, you know, he's accurate. And he's so charming and charismatic when I've seen him, you know, do interviews and, and uh, the film clip as well. So I don't, I can't be too hard on the guy. And this is the problem with the rest of the band. Like I can't be too hard on these guys because they're so lovely, but uh, I didn't really like that style. And I think that's more a producer's angle because the direction given to him, because he can do it. He did it on track 11. When he's with Bjorn, those screams come out and it's like, whoa, you know, that's really cool. But some of the other ones are like, yeah, he's just, He's kind of like having a nice, having a nice thing, you know. He's talking to his mate, and like, I just put that on a microphone, you know. It's just, yeah, yeah, that's fun. Look, I think one thing they do very clever with the um, screaming set, uh, they they put a bit of a like a digitized effect on his vocals through some of the choruses to give it kind of metallic sound, and that's really clever because the whole concept album which they're going for the whole like machine man mm. uh, man becoming into a divine machine all that type of stuff it actually it's quite clever it fits the tone of the album quite well so that, that was a really clever move there on the vocal part that's a good thing bad thing not really bad but they get speed from um, swell work to sing on track 11 oh. which was great because he's a fantastic singer the issue is that straight after that they go to track 12 which is a Rush cover song and the lead singer his vocals aren't that strong so when you're having such a powerful melodic singer then it goes to you you're not you're not as powerful 
it's it's really weird because if you want to do that song live, you're not going to be able to do it live. It's hard because I kind of feel like with this album, how they're going to pull this off live to this amount of accuracy and tightness. Ah, oh, good luck, lads, because this is you've gotten yourself. Uh, a fair chunk of a thing. I think the guys are talented enough to do it, but yeah, you're right, Danny. Some of those sections there are just like, oh my God, that's crazy. You know, with we having Bjorn on there, it's, um, but having exactly that's the thing, like with Bjorn's on there with that singing part, it alludes to it with those kind of choruses, but those kind of choruses feel on the album, but he doesn't generally sing on that part. He's generally doing that death metal approach. So yeah, it was that big good cop, bad cop, but it kind of feels like he could kind of do it. But again, that's all, that's up to different interpretations. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff, eh, though. On the most part, you'd say it's pretty decent. This technical melodic death metal stuff, if, if, if I don't like the vocals, I find it hard to listen to, but I, I did enjoy them sooner. It was good. Okay, so we're going to move on to the grooves. You can see we're kind of moving through this at pace because I think at the end of this with production, we're really going to tie this together a lot nicely. Me and Dan can nut it out then. But the grooves in the album, Danny, so this really comes down to the drumming and how it all locks into to give you a experience of an emotional one rather than being a thought-provoking one. And what it do for you? Yeah, look, again, I would say that... Uh, Definitely groove elements in there. Some songs not. Some songs are just thrash songs, and then yeah. you don't get the groove feeling to it. But there are some songs where, like again, they either make the verse groovy and the chorus cuts back a bit, or the, the verse is just a bit thrashy, and then the chorus is groovy just to give a bit of that dichotomy action. So now there are parts where I was really like jamming to it and really like tapping foot, headbanging along to it. So there is there is groove elements to this album. Yeah, I'd say it's yeah, it's definitely got that groove elements to it occasionally. Like you've got some really heavy sections, which is very cool. Uh, when the more like death metal sections, those proggier sections come in, uh, you know, you really get a chance to kind of like nod your head a little bit more and kind of like get into that dancey mood, which Molo Death does so, so well. Like the Arbiters, for one, has that cool little dream theory. It's kind of like a wake almost, you know? Oh, like that's saying groovy. Like they have groove as part of the album, but I guess it's, it's not, they're not a groove band per se. But it's definitely, it's definitely their name. It definitely helps break up some songs and give you a bit more, um, give you a bit more to it. Yeah, you got thrash stuff like um, that gets you going. Uh, shape for a good pit kind of song, like demons of the intricate design. And uh, you got stuff like with the more Gothenburg style with of mind and matrix, which is gonna get you moving too. Now the the drumming on it more so, it does a good job of being obviously very. He's a very good player, very tight. But there's a problem which I'll talk about in the production, which we'll get into in a sec. So let's go into the diversity of the record, Danny, because I think at the end of this, I want to tie it all together. Uh, what's the diversity like? Is it give you an enjoyable listen all the way through by breaking it up, or is it just do one thing really well or not well enough? No, I think it does break it up quite well. I mean, there are, like I said, there are songs which are just like thrashy and death, but they, they, they do well to like place them around the album then i just like keep bombarding the same same so i mean these these this album 70 minutes so it's oh. a long album so they they can fit a lot of different things in there and they do yeah they, no these guys again this is an album which is well thought out in this sense as well not just the the riffs and the and the, the way the songs are put arranged together but it's how the song these move together as well you know you've got so many influences that they've incorporated into this the technicality is always there but it always goes into a point where it's not going to be overridden for most of it. But I will find that I think for most people, and they do need a technical ear for this album though. Like some fans will like it for for what it is, but I think it might scare some people off for being just too much. Yeah, and that's that's fair to say. I mean, sometimes when the guitar goes crazy, you're just like, oh, slow down, slow down, you're yeah. too fast. But they're getting down. better at it. You know, they're definitely incredibly because got so many cool sounds, like some of the evil stuff that they've got, especially with. Um, Oh, there's a really cool black metal section for one song. I can't remember what it's called. It might be that Demons of Intricate Design. That's Yeah, it has that like, black metal intro to it. And it's just amazing, you know what I mean? you got the Rift Cities, like, Proponents to Sentence number two, you know, and it has that massive, it's a massive eight-minute song. And it's got the outro, which is, like, the ooze and stuff, you know. And there's a lot of orchestration, too. So you're not only getting, like, a different variation on guitars, 
but you're getting the orchestrations from like uh, a choir, for example, some synths and other songs and different uh, ideas with drumming um, and sc- the difference with screaming, singing and growling. Uh, it's a great, it's an amalgamation of so many ideas. It's like a big mm. melting pot. But, and this is where we're going to move on to production, putting all these things together into uh, into a whole boiling point with the production it's given did all these parts together Danny leave you with a memorable uh, experience or did something lack a little bit for you or was it all okay I don't know what you're alluding to but I, I actually think it was done well I really do like this album and here is where for me something is going weird well, now interesting. Let's go. the I understand the new wave of where metal is going right now and I was talking actually talking to Benjamin Ellis not many people know this but I'm actually I was taking guitar lessons because I needed to understand where metal production was kind of heading and stuff. And I wanted to make sure that with my stuff, I can emulate it. But my own, I don't know if you guys know this, but metal at the moment is going through a micromanaging of riffs. Now, if you don't even know this, certain bands, and this is gonna, this is true, they will actually edit notes to make sure that the note is so accurate and so precise that they won't actually go ahead and record the whole entire uh, track again. They might just do it for one note. So literally, like every single part of every single song is perfect. Now, this album sm- smells to me and feels to me like a micromanaged album. Every single thing sounds so perfect and so th- accurate and designed. I think this is done to a point where it's a machine. And you know what machines don't have, Danny? Nah, man. A soul. This album lacks a genuine connection for me. And now when I listen to a great metal album, I am transported out of my room and somewhere else, right? This album is impresses me the whole time. I'm like, holy crap, amazing. How did you think of that? Ra rah, rah. But I'm never taken on an emotional rollercoaster because it's like when Negrel sings, I am like, something hits me and I'm just like, my face changes. Things happen in my body that I can't explain. I go through puberty almost, balls drop, uh, Fists are pumping, I, I, you know what I mean? But this album, I just keep hearing it. And I'm like, I'm so disconnected from it because I understand that this album has a producer leering over every section to a point that the drums are just a little bit uh, mechanical. It's like someone's guitar pro and press play on it. And it's like, where's the heart? Nothing falls back in time. Nothing goes ahead of it. And that's when it drives you or when it pulls you back emotionally. Everything's on it. And it's like, this is boring. So, and it's hard for me to explain this because these guys are so talented and I don't think it's any fault of their own. I think they need to spend a time with a producer or a, let's say, someone who doesn't want to bring that soul, but that might be of their own choice and that's fine. This is for the metalheads who want that in an album and this is the perfect album for it. In fact, I can see why it gets a 10, but I'm on the other side of this fence. I just cannot feel anything with this album. The aggression isn't happening because they're not pushing in front of the beat. The the, the sound Bad times aren't pulling back. So I don't get that. The emotion from the singer never comes across. He's never built into the guy at the back of the room or singing softly apart from the last track, which is a cover. You know, it's all, his screams just, everything is so meticulously uh, taken apart and put back together. And I just cannot for the life of me to, and I want to so badly. This is upsetting. And I'm really sorry to, to, to T-Rocket, but I cannot rate this high. I'm higher than a technical album. Wow, very, very interesting. I mean, that's that could be fair. What you say, I understand where you're coming from. Like they're they're too good, they're too much like machines, like the concept of the album. Ooh, scary. But they have become everything they've been singing against. Wow, that's an interesting way of looking at it, isn't it? Full. And circle. if that's deliberate, 
You guys are geniuses, <laughs> and I am glad I bought this album because then you, you got me. You sold me down. Yeah. And if that's your intention, but if your intention was to just make sure everything was great, then mm. you miss what makes a, a great album. Yeah, I guess it could be like art in reality, but I guess the other bigger point, if this is true, like you're saying, people, they're too produced, they could be like Dragon Force, where on stage live, it, it just falls apart. They, they have a studio force. If they do, they've got a hell of a time. I do believe that these guitarists can play this stuff live. I've seen some of their things, and they're really good, but I reckon these guys are doing better service in themselves if they would just kind of get rid of that and just play an album record it more organically because I would appreciate it way more a little bit of that sloppiness isn't a bad thing mm. you know having like guys like Steve Smith, Steve Smith yeah. Yeah, sometimes he's like sweeps are a little bit sloppy or whatever rah, 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 but it doesn't matter because he's so awesome and it's so cool and, and, and um, energetic and it gives you so much of a feel mm. that it doesn't matter that sometimes it's a little bit off or whatever even Jeff Loomis might be guilty of the same thing you know but that's the whole point you know it's like it gives you so much more emotion and connection to awesome lines and stuff and this is going to sound like I'm a conceited arsehole and you might be right but uh, it stops me from enjoying the album but again Danny didn't stop from listening to the album album. so it's not a bad album for that sense that's true I mean it also could be the fact that I have not one who's got in my music like recorded or produced I haven't gone through those things you've gone through or I haven't gained that technical proficiency that you have so it, for me I'm seeing, I'm hearing it from different ears I'm not hearing it from that point I'm hearing it from a guy who just wants to hear some music so yeah so when it, it comes to that, for me yeah. death metal I want to hear things rushed and things played a little bit off and like you know getting pulled and pulled on that because that's the whole point like being with, with Demigod there are certain tracks that aren't even that tight who cares you know it doesn't sound they'll never play into a click track with um, Slave Shall Serve and you can tell because the tempo is dropping that I mean it should be at one tempo right but no one cares because that's the whole point of death metal for me is that you get pulled along for a ride melodic death metal that's a little bit different because obviously you want to get a, a, a poppy and memorable experience but that's the whole point when it comes to these death metal sections I am just yeah but that's the compromise these guys needed to make and uh, you know if they upset one person in their community just so thousands more can enjoy it, yeah. then, you know, all be it to them. You know, just just my 20 cents and take it for what it is. So these guys could be like mad science geniuses having art uh, imitate reality or they could just be too scared to make errors and be like shout like a parent being disappointed that their kids were becoming um, garbage men instead of doctors. Yeah, so there you go, T-Rocket. That's my review. It's not a bad album, no, by any stretch of the imagination. And people who are going to love this album will defend it. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'd love to just one day put the album on and love it. But for now, unfortunately, it would sit outside of my top five albums of the year. But uh, that's, that's, my, that's my take, man. Oh, that's interesting. And I guess, uh, so I know the last song is actually a cover of a Rush song, which is... um. Yeah, it's quite quite a different thing for a band like this to do Rush. I guess it's like uh, a natural progression, maybe. Rush is progressive. Rock, these guys, are, some of the songs can't be progressive metal. So that's thing. our, yeah. So I guess with that, that's our take on the uh, album. One person said not, uh, probably rec- I would say recommended for metal, for metal, like death metal fans and technical fans of the genre. Danny, who would you recommend the album for? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. People who like the yeah, melodic and technical um, death metal, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely an album for you. Yeah, even some like when they appreciate that Rush cover, it does have even through the album there are progressive metal elements to oh, it too. Definitely. Yeah. So they would really get into it. Eight minute songs, you know, uh, different sections of acoustic to metal to everything in between. So these guys are not bad writers, you know. Don't get me wrong. So um, you know, go ahead and uh, check these guys out. If, if anything is kind of spurred your ear, make sure you get these guys a listen. And with that, we've hit the end of our show. Another no. episode for you guys to kind of mull over. Definitely one that I was regretting doing, and I'm sorry for. My my fans out there but uh, I think we got there in the end Denny 
No, I think it's great. I think it's good to put shine a light on some people who think giving awards out is just a bit of fun. So I think I think that had to be said. It had to be said. Oh, the Golden Gods, yeah. Look, we look Jeez. forward to them as much as we like just fear for their uh just you know, people outside the mineral community inside, like, why why do we get into metal for? You yeah. know, like, <laughs> just a complete always disappointment. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like it's like these are pop guys who are trolling us. It's like best metal album, Rihanna. Oh, come on, man. Seriously. Seriously, yeah. dude, man. Come on, man. But we're gonna be back next week and we're going to be reviewing the latest offering from Sugar, another album which on the most part has again received very positive reviews but there have been some disclaimers so you might want to check out what we have to say for that too yeah well, in the meantime have a great week guys yeah thank you so much for listening I've been Super Metal Brother Matt and I'm Super Metal Brother Dan we'll catch you next week thanks guys let's take care of yourselves